You're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. Do you want to speak with confidence and authority, have more influence, and get bigger and better results? Whether you're a top executive, an entrepreneur, or climbing the career ladder, this is the show for you. A leader who wants to inspire others and leave a lasting legacy. Now here's your host, world-renowned TEDx speaker, author, and executive communication coach, Dr. Laura Sokola. Welcome to the podcast, Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, your host, founder of Vocal Impact Productions, and author of Speaking to Influence, Mastering Your Leadership Voice. My guest today is Jesse Dubeck, founder and CEO of Influencer Technologies, including Influencer Digital, Influencer Mentoring, and Influencer Soft. Jesse, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Laura. I'm excited to be here. My favorite topic is influence. Yes, there's no better. As soon as Jesse and I met a couple of what a couple of months ago, I think it was like we just looked at our names between speaking to influence and influencer soft. And we said, I don't know what you do, but we got to find out because this has to have synergy in here somewhere. And we've been partnering up ever since. It's been great. Jesse, give us a quick overview. So influencer technologies is an umbrella that includes influencer digital, influencer mentoring and influencer soft. What is that trifecta? So I got into doing online marketing because I was failing at everything I was doing. I was living with my dad trying to figure out <laughs> I was going to make money. I started doing network marketing and I realized the people that were the top network marketers were doing it online. They were generating leads and building lists. So then I started learning how to do that. And the first day that I opted into a guy's list, I built my first website. I bought jessedobeck.com. I was off to the races. I started watching videos, learning from 13-year-old kids on YouTube. And I said, <laughs> I can do this. This is this is fun. It was actually like cool that I could create a website in less than 24 hours, jessedobeck.com. And I'm live on the internet and I'm I'm in a position now where I can go out and capture leads. And once I did that, I started showing my friends. They started asking me, well, how do I get a website? So I just had a passion for helping my friends, started making some money doing it. And then I launched my digital agency. And now I'm working with influencers, people like you and some top people out there that I've been able to work with. It's absolutely been great. So that was the first business that I started was Influencer Digital. Okay. And then Influencer Mentoring came along with that. And Influencer Soft is the platform, yes? Yeah. So and, and people were, you know, they're like, okay, well, instead of you just building it for me, can I just pay for an hour of your time. So I started getting on stages. I started working with some top influencers out there and people started saying, well, can I just talk to you for like one hour? That's all I need to master Facebook ads or master Instagram marketing or build out my sales process. So I started doing mentoring and I've, mm -hmm. I've since partnered up with some people on, on that business. So I'm able to help people in any part of their journey, get unstuck. Now, Influencer Soft, that came about after I was already building the agency. I was doing that for over eight years. I was doing the mentoring. And then the software just came and hit me on the head. And I was, I was putting it out there in the universe that I wanted to have my own software because I've seen other people do that and launch massive businesses. And I said, well, that's the one thing in my agency and in the mentoring that I don't have control over. So I have to use all these softwares. I have to duct tape them all together. Instead, I found a software that already had all the features that I was looking for. I've been working on developing it over the last year and a half, and it is now starting to take off and it provides people with all the tools all in one place to be able to build their business. So we give them the tools, we show them how to set up the software, 
Then we mentor them in their business on how to get the software making money for them and going to the next level. And then, hey, once you get that going, we can just run it all for you with the agency. So it all just goes hand in hand. And it really is awesome. So as far as the tools, when you're talking about it, it's, it's kind of a one-stop shop between your funnels and your CRM for your client management. You've got your learning management platforms and a whole bunch of other things in there. So you're not doing a bunch of zaps to try to make everything integrate with everything else. Am I correct? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So awesome. we did it in a visual way where everything's connected. It's all one system. So you can build all your funnel pages, all your websites, everything in there, all your email processes, email automation. So people that are coming into your system and to your CRM, yes, it has a CRM. So you're keeping track of all your customers and it's all in one platform. And then, yes, the learning management with the online courses is all in there. And then we also do affiliate tracking. So once you build this system that's working and everything's all in one place, you're understanding, you're seeing all the data points and you're understanding where you need to improve your funnel. Now you can start sending it out and pitching it. We're going to talk about communication, I know, today. And you can go communicate out there with other JV partners that then can go promote you to their list. It's like a mushroom cloud and it just takes off. So A yeah. mushroom cloud without the nuclear radiation part of it. It's the, it's all, the neg- the po- yeah, all the negative <laughs> stuff, all the positive stuff where it's raining. Your success, that's what we're going to It's a happy mushroom cloud. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so with that, then there's a difference, obviously, between being good at your trade and running a business. So what communication skills did you have to develop in order to be able to effectively run the business? Yeah, when you're the leader, and this is really important. I mean, we've talked about this before. I know me and you that when I started my business, I was more like a boss. Mm -hmm. I thought I had to be this role. And I know we've seen these memes on social media where it says leader versus boss. Like the the boss is like telling people where to bark in orders, telling people where to go, like almost like whipping their slaves. And it's just, that's not the role that you need to be in, right? Yep. I learned that you have to lead by example. You actually have to get out there and do it, learn how to do it, then show somebody else how to do it, delegate that task. But if you don't know how to do it yourself, how do you know if they're doing a good job? Mm. And you got to set the tone. So in my career, I'll tell you this story. I got to a point, you know, I've been doing this for about 10 years. In the five year mark, I had a lot of success, but then I hit a plateau and my business completely went downhill. And it, it pretty much crashed and burned with the business partner that I was working with. Now, we got to a point where sitting in the back of his car, he said, you know what, dude, you're like Kobe Bryant. And what Kobe Bryant is in basketball, great basketball player, rest in peace, Kobe, one of the greatest players that ever touched a basketball and somebody that I worship like a God. And I followed Kobe and my business partner knew that. He said, you know what? You are like Kobe. You're all about you, 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 your brand, your company. You do this, you do that. And I realized, you know what? Like, I didn't mean it like that. But I was doing that. I was more like a boss. I wasn't being more like a leader. Mm. So when he said that to me, you're like Kobe Bryant. And what Kobe Bryant was when he was playing was he was a ball hog. Right. And that was me. I just wanted the ball. I just wanted to be the one in the spotlight. But what about edifying and boosting up all your people? What about building the team and the chemistry and let other people go on stage? And that's what I started realizing. Like now in my company, I'm like, I want like multiple people that are influencers. I want multiple people that are going on stage. I don't need to be the only influencer. 
Yeah. And now more people are more excited in all the meetings that we're doing. They're paying attention. They're not texting and, you know, doing everything that they're <laughs> not supposed to be doing, like you're saying, which is like, is so counterproductive. Now, that was a huge lesson that I learned. And now I'm, it's like, okay, so we're going to build something. I'm going to set the tone and start it out and then bring it over to the team, do the meetings, show them the example and lead by example. And now they know the standard. So when they go and make their version, they're going to make a higher level version because I know I'm going to put all the energy into it to make the version as high level as possible. I'm not just going to say, okay, you do it. And then it never gets to that transcending level. Yeah. And so to get to that next level, whatever it may happen to be, what is it for that matter? What is the next big goal for influencer technologies? And what communication skills do you realize is going to be the next step that you have to work on for yourself in order to achieve it? Yeah. So that's a great question. Now, right now we are in the midst of really focusing on launching our paid advertising. In marketing, you realize if you can build a system, a funnel or a sales process or have an offer that's successful or anything that's successful, if you can then get as much traffic as possible into that system and the back end and all the operations are figured out, you can really scale that system into a hundred thousand, a million, 10 million, a hundred, even a billion dollars or even beyond. You can like really scale this through paid advertising. Now there's not one company that reaches the pinnacle of their success without paid advertising. So right now what we're focusing on is getting our paid advertising launched. Right now we're testing, we're spending, you know, under 10,000 a month in paid ads, but eventually we'll get it over 10,000, over six figures and then into the seven figures is my goal to be able to get our paid advertising, but we got to get our messaging more tight. We got to understand the different markets we're going after. We got to create funnels for each market that speaks directly to those people. Right now we're working on a system that's an AI system where it actually understands what profile people are on social media, it like pulls mm. all their information based on how they've interacted with people on social media. And it creates a funnel and it changes the funnel and it changes the copy on the funnel and it changes everything on the funnel based on who that person is. So right now we're thinking big, we're thinking outside the box how we can innovate more. So the biggest challenge is, is to build a software and build the ads and build the messaging and understand how to really connect with that customer so we can pay more than all of our competitors to do a mass migration from whatever other platforms people are using into our platform. So right now that's the biggest communication challenge is how do we get people's attention with our messaging? Number one is get their attention. Number two is gain their trust. Mm. Because if you put the wrong message out there and it doesn't resonate or the messaging is off, and trust me, we've messed this up plenty sure. of times where we put out an ad and it's like, well, this doesn't make sense because you're comparing apples to oranges mm. or there's just little things and, and you can listen to the comments and see and always testing and trying new ads until you get that one that you can scale to that market and then realize that formula to do it again and again and again. So that's really the challenge is right now get those paid ads, but the communication on the messaging we are working on every single day. 
And as far as challenges are concerned, you've just given us what yours is that's coming up. So I'm going to give you the opportunity now to talk directly to our audience and give them one. This is our 24-hour listener influence challenge. So this is your chance to speak directly to the listeners and give them one step that they need to complete within 24 hours so that they can have more influence. How would you like to challenge our listeners today? Well, originally, and I know we talked about it, that I was going to say go live on Facebook, and that's absolutely something that you should do. But let's mix it up here. All right. This is an easy one. Okay. Everybody has this on their profile and in their accounts. Do a story. Okay. Go on there. Do a story. Go live. And, you know, it's, it's not really live when you're doing a story. But do a story because this is something on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you have, all the channels have this. Okay, this is like Snapchat or these platforms. They create this product and then all the other ones adopt this product. (laughs) Now this one's something that you can do easier and faster. I was gonna say the live thing, but that's a little bit you know, different. This one's an easier challenge, okay? If you're just starting out on social media, do the story. And when you do the story, come up with something you can talk about that is controversial in a way that, you know, there's two sides of the coin. So you have to pick a side. Okay, so go on and do a story and talk about a topic where there's two sides where you have to pick this side or that side. And you have to pick a side. Okay, so that's my challenge. Where there's a topic out there in the world, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's about coronavirus, or it's about influence, or it's about building your business online, or whatever it is. Sure. Whatever you're passionate about, pick one topic, but pick one side of the coin, focus on that side and three reasons why you're on that side of the topic and put yourself out there. That's how you influence people. You got to have courage to go out there and pick a side and say who you are. What do you really believe? And if you're like, well, I kind of believe on both sides. It's like, no, pick one. Okay. And that's the challenge. Can you put yourself out there and show that you have courage? The easiest way to do it is story. You just click the plus sign on your profile and start talking into your phone. And that's my challenge. All right. Go and create a social media story. Pick your platform of choice and put that story out there. I'm going to do mine on chocolate and why dark chocolate is better than milk or white. That's my story. and I'm sticking with it. There's- Love it. That is awesome. Argue it with me if you want. You'd be wrong, but you can argue it with me. Yeah. And then three reasons why is it dark chocolate or white? Oh, dark chocolate is the only dark dark chocolate. The others don't bother. That one because I said so, uh, two because I said so, and three because I said so. That's those are my three reasons. So (laughs) anybody can take it up with me offline afterwards. But when in doubt, sudden dark chocolate. From there, Jesse, let's talk about how you run your team and how you build and you, when you're looking to hire or promote, when you think of things like what skills you want in your people, what are the most important communication skills that you need, regardless of the job that people are, that you're hiring someone to do for you, what are the communication skills that they need to have to be part of the culture of the organization? The ability, number one. And I know it's like, we're going to get into what I, the most important one, because me, I'm an action person, very Mm -hmm. action oriented, action driven, but your ability to take notes, your ability to listen, because if you listen and one of my favorite movies, Maverick, I watched it the other day. It's like, okay, you spend the first hour listening and observing what's going on around you. Then you can make a counter move that is successful. If you don't know what you're going up against in the world or you're not paying attention to what other people are doing, 
yes, you need to take action. We're going to get into that one second. But before you take the action, how well are you taking notes? How well are you listening to what's going on? And that's what I look for. Like, how in tune is this person? Are they paying attention? Because you got, you're taking action if you're taking notes, but you're getting prepared to go out there and succeed. Now, the other one I just said, take action. Okay, when you see something or are people just coming up with ideas or are they actually like taking action and, and implementing right away? Okay, if they have authority to implement, implement right away take action don't just wait around and ask permission all the time and like yeah it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission take action but see what you're doing and make a good decision focus on what's going on create a solution for the problem that's what i look for every single time when i'm dealing with somebody or a certain situation or a zoom meeting or anything that's what i'm looking for they're taking notes they're paying attention they're focused they're coming up with solutions and then they're taking immediate, fast action. I love that idea about it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. That sets the entrepreneur's mindset, right? Is just try it, throw it against the wall, see if it sticks. If it doesn't, okay. I mean, which is not to say go rogue. Maverick is not necessarily rogue and uh, just taking everything <laughs> into your own hands because, of course, we don't want to tank everything in the process. But uh, just the idea of do it and let's see what happens as opposed to going through the 18 steps of bureaucratic qualifications. It's, it's such a different mindset for different organizations. So you know what, depending on your personality, what kind of organization you're most comfortable that you'll fit into most uh, if you like to throw it against the wall see if it sticks or you want to make sure that all the i's are dotted and t's are crossed first so what about on the flip side what's the red flag that could be the derailer for somebody who seems like they've got all that but well if they're jumping out of their position all the time then i always reel people back in okay like i like action i like taking action but if you're not an expert at what you're doing and you're just trying to like wing it and go rogue like you're saying and and i do see that sometimes where people it's like okay they start they're a little bit ego starts taking over they think sure. they know more than they do they're still a newbie like you still got to know your place at the same time so to me that is one thing that i see sometimes and but but i do like the action i do like people failing i do like people trying and if you don't try you're not going to succeed sure. so on the flip side of that when you're not doing anything, when you're on the meetings and you're you're hanging around and you're not speaking up and you don't seem like you're present or like you care, you're just looking at the time so you can see when you can go home and you're not really coming up with solutions and, right. and participating and you're not taking action, that's the biggest red flag when people are just seem like they're not present and it's like, man, they should have came up with 10 ideas right there. They had a, plenty, a great opportunity to do it or to step up and take charge or do something and then they're like, they just sit there and they just wait for somebody else to do it. Not really helping out the company, you know, not really helping move everything forward and coming up with solutions. Because for me, I'm excited to come up with solutions and show off my skill set on how I can solve those problems. So it's yeah. all about confidence. If you don't believe in yourself and have that confidence, I mean, you might as well find uh -huh. something else. Yeah, go home. <laughs> for real, go home. <laughs> so tell me about a time when somebody brought an idea to you, they wanted to maybe give something a try and take that chance, but the way that they brought it to you, you just said, no, 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 no. take that back to the drawing board. So how should they have pitched you and what was what was wrong with it? Well, I mean, I know people come and pitch different things at certain times. I mean, when I did my live event, there was always people pitching me. 
And, you know, I know like mm-hmm. people like Brendan Burchard that I've worked with forever. And, you know, when we go to his events, if you don't sign up for the $10,000 package or some of those offers, like you're not going to get to get a picture with Brendan or, you know, he pretty much speaks and then stays backstage because they could really suck your energy. Sure. Okay? At my live event, I was literally like everybody wanted to meet me and I was in the crowd and I was always doing that. You know, now I don't do it like that. I do it more like Brendan because I got to preserve my energy. Mm-hmm. And at, at a live event, all the energy is on you. People just kept coming up to me to meet me, but it's because they wanted to pitch me something. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Some of them wanted to give me a gift. But then they said, well, I have a book launch coming up. And I think, you know, what you do is in perfect alignment with this. So when you're getting pitched by 100 people at the same time, it's really not the right time. So the timing. So a lot of times when people to pitch something, make sure the timing's right. Hmm. And make sure that your offer and what you have is real value to that person. Not just because you want to make money with it, because your offer is a perfect fit for that person. And if that's not the case, there's a, how many 7 billion people out there and how many entrepreneurs are there? Not that many, but you know, in the, a lot. in the, you know, hundreds of millions or yeah, like almost, probably close to a billion actual entrepreneurs now in 2021. Now try to find somebody that is at the right stage that you are, or at a similar stage, or maybe a little bit above you, but your offer is perfect for them. And then mm. come to them with your elevator pitch, which is like the real reasons of why they should take notice. And then you have to know those things. And it takes time to really come up with that elevator pitch. Okay, you got to hone that thing. You got to know like you got one minute or 30 seconds in 30 seconds or less. You got to get somebody excited about what you have. And if you can't do that, they're just going to be like, yeah, well, there's a million of those. Okay. Right. You got to, you got to give them the real reason of why that is. You know, for me, it's like with influencer soft, we got a place where everything's all in one place that when you go to look at the data, because everything's all in one place and it's all together in one system, the data is accurate. Versus you go over to Facebook, you go over to another software, an online course builder in a CRM, and they're all zapiered together. They're duct taped together. They're not going to give you accurate data. You're going to look at your leads on your actual landing page versus what Facebook's saying versus what your CRM's saying. And all the numbers are going to be different. So I always tell people, boom, we got it in one place. So take a look, try it out. And then that right there, I mean, I, I don't know if that was 30 seconds, maybe a little bit more, but I could have I said it actually a little bit tighter. And, you know, that's like, wow, okay, I want to see this system, right? Sure. So Get the elevator pitch down. And speaking of keeping it nice and tight, this brings us to the speed round. So these are three big issues that are constantly coming up for me with clients when in training and coaching and speaking engagements. And they're places where people often get stuck because they feel like there's either some head trash in the way, or they see things as very black and white when in reality, there's a lot of gray in between. But we want to let people know that they're not alone. So we're going to do a little bit of myth busting here. I'm going to ask you first, I'm going to give you that black and white sort of false binary choice. I'll ask you to pick one for each of these scenarios, and then we'll prompt for a little bit more explanation from there. So first, in a single word or phrase, public speaking, love it or hate it? I love it. There's nothing better. Now you might get a little, you might get a little bit nervous before, but that's just going to give you adrenaline to do it, right? Yes. To actually hone your craft. So love it. And then, can you give us a tip for managing those nerves and speaking with confidence when those butterflies do start to take over? How well are you prepared for that? I, I've gone on stage a bunch of times where I feel like I bombed. Well, was I prepared? Did I practice? Did I know what I was talking about? Did I know my environment? 
you got to know your audience. You got to see it happening. You got to get in the mindset of what you're doing. Get to that venue early. You know, Bo Eason taught me this trick. You go around, you touch all the seats, you touch the wall, you get on the actual stage and you envision what it's going to be like. So once you go up there, you're already, you've already done it. Okay. So yeah. And I learned that in basketball, you know, prior preparation prevents poor performance. Yes. So you actually got to go out and play some games. Practice is different than the game. So just go out there, pull the bandaid off, do it. And you're going to go up there. I've frozen on stage twice in my career, once in college, once in my actual live event in the first beginning, who cares? I've yeah. seen so many people, you know, you watch Eminem and these movies where they freeze up, but then they become the greatest of what they're doing. Who cares? You got to just get over the fear. Don't worry about if you mess up and just go up there, try it, get prepared. And then once you do it once or twice or a couple of times, you're going to realize, you know, I could become great at this. And yeah. the better you can tell people about your story and what you're doing from a stage, the more influence you're going to gain. Absolutely. Could not have said it better myself. Then what about this? On the scale between introvert and extrovert, where do you fall? I'm definitely an introvert. My whole life, I was that. When I go into a room, I, you know, I'm more, more like Maverick checking it out. So I would say introvert for sure. See, and that's another great example of where people, I think there's a lot of misconceptions that people who love to public speak are extroverts by nature and that introverts, well, if you're an introvert and you don't like public speaking, it's because you're an introvert. Whereas you're a perfect example of where one is not necessarily genetically tied to the other. So introversion being looking at where your energy comes from, where you get your energy. So as a natural introvert, what's one of your natural strengths and what's an area that you still have to work on? I always used to tell this story too. It's because it's like, if you're an extrovert, you're actually going to take more action and it's better that that's the case. But now I don't really think that because mm. I know a lot of introverts that are multi-billionaires and then ones <laughs> that are extroverts. That sure, are sure. Yeah, introverts and extrovert, there's no direct correlation to what your bank account's going to look like one way or another. So what about for you personally? What's a What's a natural strength of your introversion? Yeah, so that's the ability to kind of see the future, like look at what's going on create a game plan before you act and preventing that poor performance you're preparing yourself to do it mm. and so somebody that's a great example is michael jackson he would backstage you couldn't even tell he was so nervous like donald trump told this story i remember i was at an event it was right after michael jackson passed away he said when he made it big on thriller they actually went to a restaurant after that okay he made it big on thriller they went to a restaurant he had to order for Michael because he was so nervous to be there around Donald Trump and like the whole group that like and around all the people because he liked to just be by himself that he literally couldn't order for himself. I had mm -hmm. to like pick something out. I had to go through the menu with him. And he was like that before he went on stage. Now he'd make women faint and like the ambulances were taking people out when he was performing. But before he went out moonwalking on the stage, he would be back there nervous shaking you couldn't talk to him he was trying to focus and he was like scared to death like mm -hmm. literally scared to death every single time he performed but then he would go out there and crush it yeah so, amazing that's it so for you what's an area for growth as an introvert something that you have to work on i would say just not overcoming the fear still always because there is a little bit of nerves sometimes and a lot of times, depending on what stage it is or what's happening and 
And I, I just think like just not being as afraid. And I know, I don't know like your beliefs, but I, I haven't ever done this, but people say, well, if you do like psychedelics, it's like microdose or something, you're going <laughs> to, you're going you're gonna to be able to overcome like these fears because you're going to put yourself into different states. Now I've never done it, but I will yeah. say like that mindset of like that concept though, like being able to put yourself in different positions, whether you're in an animal state or whatever you do, I, I don't know how you overcome. But for me, you know, I, I overcome my fears by skydiving, bungee jumping, Jeez. doing all kinds. Like I was scared to death of heights, but I went, I bungee jumped many times. I've skydived before. I've, you know, I, I'll just do it because that was what I was deathly afraid of. And I feel like that's helping overcome fears. So I, I feel like just keep overcoming those fears, though. There's still more to overcome, you know, facing them head on. Yeah. And finally, speaking of facing things head on, handling conflict, when you are faced with a potentially difficult conversation of some sort or other, is your natural instinct to want to avoid at all costs or to jump in and address it head on? I like to rip that bandaid off as fast as possible. <laughs> if I'm thinking about it at night, I can't sleep. I'm just like freaking out. So I like to meet with a person, handle the conflict right then and there, no matter what. Now, some people aren't comfortable with that. So we got to push it off maybe a day or let them sleep on it. So you got to have some patience. But yeah, I like to handle it ASAP. And so what you've learned about handling that uh, ASAP, but still making it effective is to sometimes give people that extra data to collect their thoughts first. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, cool. Let them cool off a little bit too, or if there's a conflict. But yeah, one, one thing that I learned from a guy that worked with Tony Shea from Zappos mm -hmm. and piece to Tony, but anyway, what they did was they did a call that was, you're going to tell me everything you don't like about our relationship, anything you like, literally it was like releasing, it was releasing all the negative and just like a human has to release everything they eat and they have to release in their body, like the bodily mm -hmm. function in communication. I've found that you should do that at least once a month with your people on your team or people that are your partners or some of the people on your organization where you release and you tell them, okay, these are all the things that I don't like about you or what, what we're doing. And I think that that will help you overcome any conflicts, you know, because eventually if they boil up too much and then you, you find yourself like getting really mad and freaking out sometimes, you know, I'll say I've done it in my career, but I don't know if you have, but when that happens, you could have avoided it. It's because your body can only take so much. Your mind and that conflict can only get so strong that eventually it just boils over and you just freak out and you say things that you regret. But you could have avoided it if you did it on a regular basis, just letting it out normally. And, and I got that from a guy that worked really closely with Tony Shea at Zappos. Mm. He started helping us do that in our organization. So we'd have, we'd have regular calls where if there's one little conflict, we handle it before it gets to that crazy level. Sure. Which is not to say necessarily that you just have a, a monthly conversation where everybody's saying, so here's what bugs me about you. Here's what bugs me about you. Here's where you drive me crazy. It's, it's not quite that, you know, mud slinging in your face. I wouldn't say it's quite at that level, but it is. You're, you are seeing the things about that person, like how they act towards you, like the things that they're doing, like you have to write down a, a bunch of things and hmm, they're not necessarily going to feel good, right? But it will let people know it's kind of like when you're a championship team and I relate a lot of stuff to basketball and I know all sure. the listeners aren't, you know, a lot of people played sports and stuff sure. and been a part of teams. Now, 
the championship teams, they might fight amongst each other a little bit. They might have intense practices where they, they want to kill each other, but it creates competitiveness too. So I do feel like there is a healthy balance of that personally to where you can be up front and be real with somebody. Now, some people don't feel comfortable with that, but it really just depends on what your organization is about. Whereas Zappos, a lot of happiness is the culture, but they are, I don't want to say ruthless in some of their activities and how they interact with each other, but it is borderline that, you know, where you're, you're going to get into some difficult thoughts in your head about certain people, but that's okay because you're preventing it and, and smoothing it out and you're mediating it before it gets to that next level. And you know more about that person. It's kind of like when you, you have a relationship with somebody and you know so much about that person that you do like, there's almost like there's bad things and like ugly things or we're all human, right? There's things that that person does that you can't even believe, but you actually pull tighter towards that person because you know and trust them because they know things about you and you know things about them that nobody knows. So it actually pulls you closer together and makes you stronger out there when you're, you know, working. Absolutely. Having those honest, frank discussions, diplomacy, of course, being, I think, one of the most challenging skill sets, but most important in those kinds of contexts so that you can have those conversations in a way that gets to the heart of the matter, but still preserves the relationship and, and accomplishes those more productive outcomes that you're looking for. So with that, then, Jesse, how can people learn more about you and influencer technologies? All right. Well, you can go to Jesse Dobeck. You can Google that. You can Google my name and just look me up there and Influencer Digital, InfluencerSoft.com. So I actually have a special link for everybody to go check out InfluencerSoft and be part of the community. It's InfluencerSoft.com forward slash Laura. Yay. So the link's below and you can check that out. We have a special offer for you until the end of the month. And would love to work with you more in a hands-on community relationship and communication level and really get to know what you're doing out there, what you want to accomplish out there. And if you want to create influence, we're more than happy to work with you, help you and guide you with the software, the mentoring and the agency. So yeah, just go to influencersoft.com forward slash Laura. You can learn more information about what we're doing over at, at Influencer Technologies. That may be my favorite link of all offers being offered here on this podcast. So, Jesse, thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody else out there, if you're thinking about changing your platforms to make sure that there's integration between your mailing, your funnels, your online courses, and all of those other digital programs that you're working on trying to link together, definitely check out InfluencerSoft. And of course, use the special promo code Laura at the end. And uh, we want to make sure that you get that special gift that he is offering you today. Jesse, once again, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure anytime. And everybody else, thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating on iTunes so we can help even more people increase their confidence, presence, and influence. And of course, if you want to download my quick start guide to mastering the three C's, command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal, go to speakingtoinfluence.com. I'm Dr. Laura Sokola, and you're listening to Speaking to Influence, communication secrets of the C-suite. 
Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Laura Sacola, and I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the Speaking to Influence podcast. If you love listening to these episodes as much as I love bringing them to you, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And please go to iTunes right now to rate and review our podcast in order to help us expand our reach so even more people can master the three C's to command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal. Thanks for listening to Speaking to Influence, Communication Secrets of the C-Suite, the show for leaders who want to speak with impact. The hosts, producers, owners, and media distributors of the show make no guarantees that the strategies and information discussed will result in profit or other success and may result in losses. The opinions and statements of the hosts and guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the owners, staff, managers, broadcasters, or sponsors of the show. No medical or psychological therapy or personal or professional wellness or relationship advice is offered in the show. You are advised to seek counsel on matters related to your health, family, relationships, job, or other business and legal matters from licensed advisors in those areas prior to making any changes in business or lifestyle. No information provided may be suitable in your situation. As always, take responsibility for the decisions and actions you take, including the reactions they may make in your work, family, health, and life.